0: Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Photography Friends podcast. This is actually a guest spot that I did on my dear friend Casey's podcast, The Nerdy Photographer. If you love this podcast, then you definitely need to check out his podcast. Uh, This is a pretty furious intro. I just drank a whole bunch of coffee. So, yeah, uh, the episode's about AI. I think it's one of the most... Vital uh, subjects right now facing photography, facing art, uh, I don't know, facing everything. So check it out and go check out Casey's podcast as well. Okay, enjoy.
1: Hey there, folks. This is Casey, host of the Nerdy Photographer Podcast. Just a heads up, while this episode deals with AI and AI generative art and AI used in uh, editing software for photography, uh, this was recorded a little while ago and since then there's just been like huge, you know, stories coming out. Like now there's the new version of mid journey has come out where it's creating super photorealistic images and the hands and limbs and things are looking more real. Uh, Adobe has announced Firefly there it's in beta, their new AI generative art app. And, uh, you know, Levi's just announced uh, yesterday, as I'm uh, getting ready to record this, that they are uh, going to be using AI-generated models to increase diversity in their photo campaigns. So a lot is happening. This 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 subject is just evolving every every day. And but I think that the topics that we cover in this episode are evergreen. They are going to be something that we're always going to be talking about when it comes to artificial intelligence and photography. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. So what's the answer? 42. <laughs> Very funny, but I'm sure you know that the parameters of my query make that an invalid answer. Oh, Hey, welcome to the nerdy photographer podcast. I'm your host Casey Fatchett. If you've never listened to the podcast before, In addition to sharing entertaining and informative photography and business-related content, I also go on missions with the crew of the Starship Fibonacci. While you're here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to miss out on future adventures. Right now, I'm having a conversation with an artificial intelligence named JCN. I prefer the name JC. Hey, whatever floats your code, bro. And on this episode of the Nerdy Photographer Podcast, Jared Poitier from the Photo Friends Podcast is back, and we are discussing... AI and its use in the photography industry, from services that can be used for culling and editing, to how AI is already integrated into some photo editing software, and much more. Stick around for that conversation after the break. Have you rethought your answer, JCN? I'm sticking with 42. Yeah, I'm not sure how to interpret that as the best recipe for guacamole. Hey photographers, are you tired of using the same stale poses with your clients resulting in stiff and unnatural photos? Consider using let's be real prompts instead. Prompts are not just a list of poses. They're designed to help you create a more engaging, fun environment for your photo subjects resulting in more natural and authentic images. With Nerdy Photographer's let's be real prompts, you'll have a unique set of prompts for couples, weddings, families, and individuals, ensuring that you never run out of ideas. Prompts are particularly helpful for clients who are nervous or self-conscious about having their picture taken. By giving them something else to focus on, they can become more relaxed and their reactions will be more authentic and less guarded. Using Let's Be Real prompts will not only help you create more fresh and dynamic images, but it will also increase your confidence and your clients' confidence in you. You'll be able to handle difficult situations and subjects with ease, resulting in more satisfied clients and a stronger photography business. So start using Let's Be Real prompts from the Nerdy Photographer today and elevate your photography to the next level. Go to nerdyphotographer.com and go to our store or click the link in the episode notes and get started creating authentic, engaging images today. Welcome to the Nerdy Photographer Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Fatchett, and I'm here today with our photo friend, the host of the Photo Friends Podcast, Jared Poirier amazing
0: Welcome. amazing great great pronunciation on there very very proper
1: i could have
0: uh, done even better even better <laughs> casey your name is really easy to say but i could put some french uh spin on it as well casey people, i don't know
1: <laughs> the the, the uh, people always want to add either an e or an i to the end of my last name so it's mm-hmm. either fichetti or i think it's Fichet. Uh, facetti sounds
0: like a, a nice uh like a shaved meat you'd put on a pizza
1: yes it sounds like a you know some sort of sopressata or facetti put some facetti if it may be a cheese it could be a cheese
0: you're you're really making me hungry right now but <laughs> i haven't
1: <laughs> i can't eat cheese anymore um oh no unfortunately i found out since the last time we talked I found out that i'm horribly lactose intolerant um oh. which apparently has been going on oh, for decades and i didn't that know that doesn't
0: mean you can't eat cheese it just means you're gonna suffer <laughs> shouldn't yeah. eat cheese um <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. before we get into our main discussion, we are going to do our dice breaker for the episode.
0: Oh, nice. I'm excited for that.
1: It is. It's a seven, uh, which means uh, let's hear your uh, most uh, entertaining uh, or fun photo shoot that you've been on. Uh,
0: The most entertaining ever. Um, shit, I could probably do a few different ones here, but one, one that I had a lot of fun on one recent one, I actually had, uh, the opportunity to shoot a magazine cover for like a Canadian, uh, magazine here that does a lot of like food and beverage stuff. Uh, and I'm still still. Uh, close friends with the guy Joe Friday I met him uh, on that photo shoot and we became close friends I really like uh, the concept like he came up with a very artsy concept for the photo shoot where he was all dressed like a cowboy but like very proper all the surroundings was like very proper but he was just eating a burger And he had like a girl come over and like pour his scotch and like wipe his lip and stuff like that. So it was a whole, it was a whole thing, man. It was a very like artsy and uh, creative kind of idea that he had. Uh, And uh, he's black as well, like, and he's from uh, the States, like. Um,
1: I feel like I've heard the name Tennessee
0: before, or something like that. And, uh, yeah, so he was kind of su- like, it, the idea was like subverting the, the concept of like a Southern gentleman or whatever, kind of like reincorporating it, I suppose, whatever. Anyways, nice. I thought it was a cool and like artsy concept that he had and really fun shoot, man. And, uh, still, still hanging out with the guy. We still do work together and get beers together and stuff like that. So
1: that's cool, man. I'll, I'll go I, with that one. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's a cover shoot, it's always like, you know, combining things that you, you find, like you're finding all of the sorts of, you know, the things that you, there's the creative aspect of it. Plus it's also, you know, like this exposure of a way, like, you know, it's, it's going to be on the cover Definitely. of print. It's in print. Any, yeah, in, in yeah. print anymore. Um,
0: <laughs> it's at least a flex, right? You yeah. can say that I've shot magazine covers. So, oh, yeah.
1: Man, there's a, that's a discussion. That I, I don't know if you follow Rob Hall at all, but in one of our episodes that we did, we talked about like the tropes of the photography industry. one was like, you know, Instagram, uh, bios or profile, like thing where people are like, I've been published and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, like the fact that you can, it, it pay to be published in things, <laughs> uh, has kind of brought down some of the credulity of that. So it's like, you know, yeah. like saying I'm published in this where it was actually published and I didn't pay to be, you know, you don't get, you don't pay to be the cover sh- shot of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually. Um, so our conversation today, uh, is about artificial intelligence and AI editing and various other, uh, aspects of artificial intelligence in photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had talked a little bit about this and you said, you're like, I don't really uh, use that. But then you wrote me back. I'm like, oh wait, I have been actually finding elements of AI in other things. And one of the things that I mentioned is like, you know, This stuff has just sort of been incorporated into Mm -hmm. Adobe products without you noticing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not something that I really went and sought out and was like, oh, this new like these AI tools, I better download them and integrate them into my workflow. It's more like I use these Adobe things, (laughs) Premiere and uh, Lightroom, Photoshop, right? And in order to, I guess, try to make the user experience a little bit better, or maybe, you know, stay ahead of the competition or whatever, they've started integrating these things. And yeah, like you said, it's just been like, kind of seamlessly integrated to where I haven't even noticed. Um, and I do think this is an amazing topic man like let me just give uh kudos to you like <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh it's pretty cutting edge and you know like uh, an important thing to discuss on a photography podcast so thank you for inviting me
1: no problem man. you're always welcome the yeah I mean I thought that it's just like the prevalence of there's I think the artwork part of it has become more in our faces yeah recently but yeah, like these little things in like it's sort of in the background, like you're saying, like uh, it's, it's been incorporated seamlessly into Adobe editing stuff that you just didn't realize that that was actually AI, but that's what it, I can't yeah. remember what they refer to their robot that runs, they run things behind the scenes. Hmm. Um, but they come up with these projects and they have been for a while that I've found very interesting. And I'm like, Oh, this is, they don't, there's only a few things. They have like their neural network filters, which is like a specifically AI, run like you have to be connected to the internet and it has to go through to like them that is that's specifically uh ai run but all these other things that they've developed like content aware fill and things like that um but there was one that was that they showed at uh photoshop world or whatever that thing is uh, the expo that they do that uh that i'm when is it going to happen Was this thing called moving pictures and it was like they could give you a they, they would take a still photo Hmm. and it would turn it into a like five second video. It would create a 3d map and they'd do like a five second, like panning video. I could pan up or I could pan, pan up and down or side to side and looking at, um, like landscapes of like shots with it was incredible. Like yeah. I I would have thought it was a drone shot. Like you'd, you'd have these photos and would just be like, it, it was, you'd think it was video, but then mm-hmm. you know, I was just like, when is that coming? Like that they I, they showed it like five years ago at photo expo or whatever mm-hmm. it was, Photoshop world. And then it hasn't like shown up yet, but it's like the, I, there are things that like take a little while where they may have just realized it takes way too much processing power for it to be practical for everybody. But I was like, that's amazing. That would be like, fantastic for your reels or whatever just like you can just take your static still shot and turn it into you know a little video like a panning video
0: yeah anything to spend less time making reels man yes (laughs) anything anything to
1: do less reels like less time devoted to that um but yeah there's also like the the thing is like i also use a few different editing softwares not regularly but like as part of you know this thing i i sort of keep on the cusp of other programs and mm-hmm. like on one software has like started a new thing with, they have like AI filters, like specifically this is like, you can apply these different AI filters to your photos or uh, editing, but they also have like AI retouching. Yeah. Um, which you can, you control like the parameters of it, but then it just like looks at the picture and it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my thing. Um, <clears throat> more so. And like, there's a, another editing suite, uh, called Luminar. Um, they've got like all sorts of AI editing. I think their new Neo software I think it came out last year. Um, has like all sorts of like landscape AIs. It'll remove, um, telephone wires or, you know, like from photos you know, all sorts of like different like types of things. You just like click on, oh, I want to remove this. And I want to like this in my photo. And it just analyzes the picture and like edits it all together, like in, by, by itself, which is a little scary.
0: Um Yeah. I, I got to tell you though, it, it is cool on my phone. Like uh with the, the Google Pixel, I took a photo of, uh, of my dog running in the snow, right? And uh, I had actually... Um, what, what do you call that? Pulling a uh, Game of Thrones where you leave the Starbucks <laughs> cup <laughs> yeah. in the shot. Fully did that, you know. Uh, and then you know, back in the day, I would have had to pull that into Photoshop, grab the clone tool and clone that out. I can just do that shit, shit on my phone, man. I just like yeah. touched it with my finger. Starbucks cup was gone it's a bit scary but at the same time it is cool and you can do like the sky replacement and stuff like that as well maybe not on your phone but
1: uh, uh, yeah, you can and yeah. some in some apps it's not the quality it, it looks good in a phone yeah it wouldn't yeah. look good in print but like you know the way that we they're doing like that adobe has just into lightroom i mean like, the, like select subject or select sky or select background Mm, so yeah. that you can make edits like this now just available in Lightroom. It, it has been around for like a year or so. Select subject had been around for a few years, which I didn't realize was a possibility. But now in like the last couple of years, it has been because again, artificial intelligence and how yeah. it's like learned to identify subjects uh, is nuts. Like in just in, in in Lightroom and being able to like go through for me and wedding photos to be like, Oh, I want to darken the background up a little bit. And when I want to, like do this with a couple and just like swap between the masks of the background and the sky and the people it's like with like that, it's just like a you snap your fingers and it's done. It does not take, you know, it used to like, in the, when they, they had like a select subject, it would take like a minute for Photoshop <laughs> to figure out what you were doing. And now it's like five seconds, maybe and it's got them selected and it's got a pretty good selection, uh, of the, uh, of the person or whoever it is. It's like, that's gotten pretty crazy. I, I just don't, I, I'm I, I, in awe of that. And yes, it makes life easier. It is a little frightening in some ways, what you see, what can be done, like face swapping people mm. or, um, we get into these sort of ethical questions of like, deep fakes and like using AI to create like deep fake technology, or there's a AI audio editing, like thing that mm. can learn your voice and then recreate your voice when it has like a certain amount of like yeah. listening to you speak. And,
0: and, it, and you and I have been diligently creating reference <laughs> <laughs> for, for that stuff.
1: Hours and hours and reference, but James Earl Jones sold his voice to right. Disney right they can just use like they they're using it to do darth vader for until until the end of time like they've got his voice
0: there's those ethical things like uh, imperson- impersonation and stuff like that, but then there's also, and we'll get into it later when we talk about kind of these like AI art apps and stuff like that. But the idea of like copyright and, and you know, how are they from? sourcing the the data sets and that, yeah, yeah, Before- we'll, we'll get really nerdy. We'll say data set, we'll, you
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in just a minute. But I think I've got a couple other things I want to discuss that are For sure. that, that are more like applicable, I think, to everyday. Work as a photographer, and the first one I want to start with is culling. Like mm-hmm. the thing that I think is the biggest, I think, like time suck for a lot of photographers is like going through photos, especially like for wedding stuff. Like you know, shoot like four thousand pictures, try to get it down to, you know, a deliverable amount. I'm not going to send people four thousand photos. Um, but there's a company called After Shoot, and they their tagline is make. Uh, photo culling made easy. Uh, And it just goes through and it selects, you know, the photos that it's going to pull out. And, you know, <laughs> the, you get to select, like, what well, you get to see the selections that it made. So if you don't want to, like, delete that photo, you don't have to. Like, you get to see what it did afterwards. Like, you can review it. But it's like, this is $10 a month or $15 a month. If you, uh, it's 15 a month. If you, do it monthly American $15 American and $10 a month American. If you pay for it by the year, but it goes through and it like detects if like the people are out of focus, like if it's like severely under or overexposed, uh, duplicate photos. Um, mm. and you can select like the key faces. Like for example, if you were like, again, if it was a wedding and you're like, okay, my couple or my, key faces I want to like keep an eye on. Like they definitely need to be in focus. And so like if it finds that their photos, their, their faces are out of focus, it's, you know, tosses that picture. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know what your thoughts on this are. My thought on it is I haven't tried it yet and I'm really considering it is that for 10 bucks a month, how much time do I spend culling? Like, uh he, that is the like most time I spend on a shoot. Like yeah. all, is going through the photos afterwards, especially for weddings, is going through yeah. afterwards and like trying to pick out photos. Um, I would
0: I would also say it's one of the least like creatively stimulating activities, yep. right? Like you do when I'm shooting, I feel, you know, like that kind of artist part of my brain is very activated and then when i'm going through you know and changing like my presets and actually you know adjusting everything about the photo um and making such creative decisions like do i want to just make it uh kind of do like a teal and orange thing fuck it i'll just make it black and white you know that's exciting it's (laughs) cool.
1: yeah yeah you're you're more engaged at that point certainly You, you you know like you're there's something creative going on yeah you're doing that but whereas the culling you're just sort of like uh-huh. and also like this gives you the option like afterwards to like look over it and be like okay you know mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to get rid of that photo i want to keep that picture right. I, yeah. like i made the joke recently on instagram with the like a meme it was like you know, when we're suddenly starting to keep uh out of focus pictures when blurry photos that that like month or so where blurry photos were all the rage uh, I don't know if that's still going on, but yeah, it was like AI culling is going to just like freak out. Like what, what I don't know. I'm supposed to keep photos that are totally out of focus now. Um, <laughs> you're doing this on purpose. Um, <laughs> the,
0: the next big thing is going to be photos where everyone's eyes are closed. Yeah. Be great.
1: <laughs> Everybody close your eyes. It's bird box. It's the bird box photo. There you Um, go. the, but yeah, I, I just think like cost wise, if you're somebody who does a lot of shooting, like, and you find that this you can try it for free, but if you find that it works for you, yeah, then it can save you a lot of time.
0: See, what I would be interested in is like how it actually works into the workflow that I have now. Like for me, it's always a big ask to add another program in there. Like yeah. I was saying, that's why I haven't really sought this stuff out in terms of like my actual workflow. It's the way that like AI tools have kind of gotten to to me is more through updating the things that I already use. Like if Lightroom adds a freaking automatic calling, I'm like using that.
1: Right? Says one click import into Lightroom.
0: Hmm. See? Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
1: And capture one. So yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this out. I can't don't... really get
0: less than one click. Can't. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> it's it. All I got to do is fish one button. All right. Okay. And that kind of leans into the, the other one. I mean, yeah. 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month, like getting my time back and spending, like I can spend money, many more hours doing my reels or doing things that get me paid, you know, like they get me paid. I'm that I'm sacrificing at the most $15 a month. That uh, that's, that's a serious consideration to make. The next one that I want to do is there are also AI editing, editing, uh, there are AI editing softwares as well that will batch edit your photos. Mm -hmm. And one of them is Imogen. I am a G E N. I'm going to include links to all this stuff in the episode notes. Um, but this, you know, like they claim, you know, they'll give you a thousand free edits and then it's like, depends on the size of the project. Um, and it's like five cents per photo uh, mm-hmm. with an extra cent for each for cropping and straightening. So you can mm-hmm. get up like seven cents unless you're like doing like, I think, let's see. No, it's all five cents per photo. That's just to uh, figure it out, like what it's going to cost you. Um, and apparently you need to send them like for this one in particular, you need to send them a, I think it's a thousand or 3000 edits that you've done, like edited images so that it can learn your style. Um, (laughs) which, um, I don't know what your thoughts, I want to get your thoughts before I kind of go into like experiences that I've heard from people on this.
0: Yeah. So, you know, this one is a little bit less tempting for me personally. Like you, you may have, uh, you know if listeners could hear my skeptical face they would have heard it uh yeah i'm i'm just so hesitant to to use something like that even though it does say it's learning your style i just feel like then it's really taking the art aspect out of it quite a bit and then it's kind of becoming more of an assembly line which you know there are certain shoots i guess you could do like if you are doing let's just say shooting corporate parties, right, was like the big thing that you did, like shooting corporate parties, then, then maybe, right. But even with something like uh, wedding photography, I'd want to be touching it myself, I'd want to be like, the creator touches what's making this special. And I just feel like for me personally, it would be kind of like, I don't know, I'm not going to say it'd be like against my moral code as an artist or whatever. Like that's saying a lot to say that. Right. <laughs> but I, I would just say, yes, I'm very skeptical. And, you know, we, this is like a deeper conversation we can kind of talk about, but that, that line's going to be different for everybody. Right. Like when has the line, cause I'll use a uh, AI generated, um, like preset in Lightroom, where Lightroom just looks at the photo and it's like, "Oh, what do you think about this?" And I'm like, "That's cool. Let me adjust the contrast, a couple of things, change the colors. Boom! Right, that for me, that doesn't violate my sense of what what's okay and what's not as as an artist and a creator. So right.
1: you're still have your, yeah. you're still involved in it, yeah, and you're in the creative aspect of it. I it to- yeah. I totally get that, and I I agree with you. I think that. Uh, from the stories that I've heard, experiences with this, I haven't personally, I, I've seen like output because I asked before <laughs> I tried for myself, like I wanted to see what people said about it. And um, the problem is if you have sort of like mixed lighting conditions, which especially happens at events, Yeah, um, you can end up with like colors that are way off because it just doesn't like it doesn't know to edit certain things. Like it could get, it could kind of get the basic like look of your style. If you have a particular yeah. like preset that you use, it kind of gets the, the sense of that. But then when it's like applying it to, oh, there's like some sort of color in the background, like in the lighting, even if it's not on the subjects themselves, like, but it's trying to adjust everything to look a certain way. And then the, the colors end up off. And maybe that's something that's going to take longer for it to learn how to do, but it's like not at that, like more than not. Like I had some, some people who came back and said, oh, it works fine for me, but it depends on what they're shooting. And those people who are shooting like corporate headshots Mm -hmm. where they have very, yes, they have very
0: controlled conditions.
1: Very controlled conditions. It's very basic. It's not like you're trying to be like super creative with them. Like you want, and you want a very sort of like standard lighting and everything, every photo is kind of the same. Like, and like you're doing, that's the whole point is you want to do like the same sort of setup for everybody. And you're like, if you're editing, you just shoot like 200 people for headshots and you're like, okay, I got to edit a bunch of these. All right. You know, once I get my final a uh, shot from each person and then it cost me 10 bucks to edit 200 individual headshots and okay, we're done and that's it. And the batch process those, I can see it as something there as opposed to with a wedding or if I'm delivering a thousand pictures and it's costing me 50 bucks, mm-hmm. it, but it's like, it's not, I'm going to have to go back and adjust things after it's already edited because I'm not getting, the colors that I want and then it's, I don't think it's for me, it wouldn't be something that I would jump into as far as. Yeah. it is that.
0: For the creative stuff. Like I'm thinking about, like I do a concert photography as well. And sometimes when I'm editing those photos, like I could not explain to you why, why it's done when it's done. Like I look at it and I'm like, this feels right. This feels like how I felt at the concert.
1: Right. And also you've got the light, like light is such a, Uh, such a huge deal. Like, especially at concerts where you get like different colored lights and sometimes you're like shooting them because there's like, you know, the dust or whatever. Like you see, get the light beams and you're trying like, even though that like the colors aren't quote unquote good uh, Mm -hmm. for whatever, but it's like that you're going for the atmosphere. Yeah. Of the, of the shot. Like, and it's not some perfectly lit portrait so yeah
0: yeah and i also fear that like obviously the worst case scenario is you use something like this you send the photos to a client and the client is like oh i don't like these look like not like your stuff or these look edited by ai or something like that right you would yeah. i definitely wouldn't want that to happen so
1: yeah, yeah I, I tried one that was available online and it was doing like for portraits and mm-hmm. it would have go through your portraits and like oh it's gonna we're gonna it's going to brighten the eyes a little bit and it's going to smooth the skin whatever and it was the funny thing that i found was it made people's eyes bigger hmm like like just slightly larger and it's like oh it's going to you know but because it somehow thought that that was preferred like people have like larger eyes
0: well that was your fault you were using the anime uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i was using the big eyes whatever that mo- the, movie what the, they
0: call that kawaii way or whatever there's a word for that
1: uh well there was a woman who did those paintings um mm. uh, they did a movie about her with i think it was helena bonham carter called big eyes like she would like and her husband took credit for them for a very long time okay. but she just like drew the, like these children and animals they had like these like very spooky big eyes and people were, like i'm just drawn to them they look weird but she was just like oh i just like that um I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe this is like the anime thing. Maybe whatever it is, yeah. But
0: uh, Just, that'll be the new trend. Everyone looks like a Furby for some. Reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, no. Thanks. So you
0: asked me how old I was. I'm I'm old a enough Furby, to understand uh, what a Furby is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what
1: was that? The the animated movie that was a few years ago. Some the against the machines, like all of the machines rose up and were like attacking humankind and aven- uh,
0: Mitchell versus
1: Mitchell's versus the machines. Mitchell. And like they get into the mall and it's the the giant Furby. And I was just like, Oh, this is bringing back nightmares from my youth. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that, uh, culling would be, is, is a much more automated process that AI could be good at. I feel like editing. I think so. It's just like, it, We are all, we are all individuals, um, as photographers and, you know, we're not all going for the exact same thing. And even while it can, like there, there are too many variables in any one photograph, unless, like I said, you're doing, uh, portraits like group, maybe for like, also like school portraits, Yeah, like doing school pictures where, where, where bulk is just a whole other thing. Like editing those photos totally get it um as opposed to having to you know spend all that time or to pay somebody to do that if you're just especially if you're just getting into it Um, yeah
0: yeah even with the calling i'd be so interested to see how it actually like which ones it actually picks i think i will eventually try it like
1: i'm gonna do it on like a i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and like do like a test shoot yeah and try it because you can try it for free for i think a month on the calling
0: because you know, even with like framing and stuff like that, or you know what you were saying to straighten the horizon and all of these things, cropping and straightening, like sometimes a photo is better because the the angles the comp- off or the composition's <laughs> weird, right? Yeah. And you just like that, and you go, oh, again, it's more of that thing of like it's not technically right, but it feels right or whatever. You yeah, know? I don't know. I
1: get it? Yeah, it's it's a it's it's your artistic choice, and there's the thing that you know I talk about talk about like out of focus pictures before and i got into a discussion with somebody about like uh intention Fair, yeah. yeah it's intention and editing and then taking the pictures and just this whole thing of i'm going to take out of focus pictures of people because that's a trend Mm -hmm. or whatever like no like if you do something that's out of focus intentionally like there's a reason you want motion blur or something like i have also chosen some photos that were just slightly out of focus from weddings because i was just like the emotional content of this is far outweighs the technical perfection of it or there was like a shot i did of a couple's dancing in the middle of the dance floor and they're slightly blurred because there's a long exposure but like all the people around them are really blurred um i'm like this is great this is i I, this is what i was going for yeah it actually came out better than i had anticipated um yeah But yeah, that's, that's intentionally blurred. And I think that that'd be something you have to keep an eye out for in you know, automatic AI culling, but yeah, I'm going to check it out and see how it, how it chooses, um, what's over. And I think that that's also just when it comes down to it, as far as the expense, it's not that much in the long run, as far as like how much time you could save yourself over the, the course of a year and get that back into either shooting more, doing your marketing, whatever it is, just getting more time, reclaiming more of your time um, in the long run.
0: Yeah, totally. It's another option for a lot of things. And uh, you know, you could just hire somebody to call your photos for you as well, but that can get very, very expensive, right? And maybe you don't agree with how they're calling it either. So
1: yeah. Yeah. And I think that also the, you know, I haven't we haven't really been talking about it this much because it's more of a video related thing. But you see like these AI video editing stuff like making uh matting like putting masking your like things in your videos a lot easier like that's a very usually a very time consuming process um which I hope Technic- make, technical process yeah. yeah I think that hopefully that will make it easier for filmmakers or video people to like do better things Probably. um and I think that that's a, the, a valid use of that technology and on that note, we get into AI artwork. Cool. Because um, there's a lot to be said about AI art. Um, and there's the, the big ones are, you know, like Mid Journey, uh, Stable Diffusion, Dolly 2. Um, again, I'll include links to all this stuff in the episode notes. Um, this stuff has just kind of gone crazy in the last year. Mm-hmm there's it's overrun your streams of like uh of every, whatever social media around like okay. that lensa
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: um it was nuts there for a couple weeks everybody's like ah, i'm gonna spend my 15 dollars and then like tiktok basically came out with a like it free <laughs> it was like very similar to the lens thing but there's like there's so much to be said about uh AI art as far as like, how does it learn and where is it learning all of this information from? Is it taking from other artists Mm -hmm. is one of the big questions. Like there was a whole thing with mid journey, um, like three separate times in the last year, artists who died the next day, there were hundreds of thousands of queries into the mid journey engine Mm. to create art in the style of that artist. Mm. Like they're like, okay, they're taking advantage of the fact that this person is no longer alive to duplicate their work in some way.
0: Yeah, that is, uh, that's a tough one. Have you used any of these things? Like, have you experimented with uh, mid-journey? So yeah, like maybe talk about that, I guess. Yeah,
1: and it's, the thing is, like, it's surprisingly easy. Yeah. To, like, the learning curve is not steep Mm -hmm. to create things. And once you start to figure out that the more detailed your prompt is, yeah 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 the closer to what you're going for and I, I see like in basically in photoshop groups people who combine the two like they will take either uh, what i like to see is people taking content that is theirs yes yeah. taking yes, a photo yes. that is theirs yeah running it through like mid-journey or stable diffusion yeah. with a prompt and then working on that like what it's created and then doing other things with it and like painting in or doing stuff to it yeah. afterwards that I find quite interesting and amazing what people can do. It's when you start seeing the very, uh, very similar, uh, returns that people are getting like, on um, yeah. there's, there's one in the, one of the, I sent you like a few links of like various artwork in there. One of them had a yep. Dante's Inferno. I think mm-hmm, it was like mm-hmm, a, looked mm-hmm. like a painting. Mm hmm very much in the style of some fantasy artists that, yeah. I, that, that you see and it's uh, I saw probably in the beginning of this use of AI art uh, in the last year I saw hundreds of images that looked exactly like that that style like right. you, so you've got all of these people putting in like specific prompts about things and getting very similar artwork back which what's happening here is uh it's you know it's it's leaning heavily on somebody something that's learned yeah and things that people like uh but also just the use of a prompt like in the style of
0: that's yeah that's dubious for sure yeah i've I've played around with uh, one of these. It's called Dream uh, by Wombo. So the reason why I liked that one, I think at the top, like I got into the... the kind of had my whole arc <laughs> with the AI art thing with like right when it started to get popular. And then I got like super obsessed with it for like a couple of weeks. And then I stopped caring about it almost entirely until you brought me, <laughs> brought me on the podcast. But, uh, with dream, like, yeah, you enter the prompts, right? Like you can say, I want uh panda bear eating ice cream. Uh, and he has claws like Wolverine or whatever. And like, it'll, it'll do that for you. And then you can put, um, like, a source image like you were saying right so i would like take a photo one co- really cool one i did was like i took a photo of me and my dad and then i said uh batman and his dad in the bat cave and it like did me up like batman and did my dad up kind of like batman and i was like that's interesting that's really cool it kind of gave me that like i don't know if you've ever done a lot of uh like actual drawing or painting or anything like have you done that type of I'm stuff or no good <laughs> Not good at that. Yeah. Makes sense. That's why you got into the.
1: Photography I've tried. Art. It just yeah. doesn't work for me.
0: No, that's fair. Um, you get a very specific type of buzz from doing that type of stuff. Like, uh, like a buzz in your brain, like a yeah. kind of a high from creating art. I'm sure you get a similar thing when you're editing photos or shooting photos, that creative buzz. And I was getting that by playing with these apps. Right. And I was kind of feeling like what I was creating. I even sometimes would like draw something with pastels, right. And Then feed that in and then take like that stuff, put it in Photoshop, cut it all up, make a collage, and then put it back into the AI and see what it does.
1: Yeah, see, like, that's it, way it more creative. creative. Yeah, man. yeah. I think yeah. there's in my problems with yeah. this one of the big ones is where is it learning from? And there are like lawsuits. I, I you had sent me a link to the lawsuit against Stable Diffusion, I had not um been able to take a look at that before we recorded but yep. there's, I a can, lo- there's a lot there's a lot break stu- that down if you sure. want
0: okay. uh yeah I, do you want me to get into that now sure the lawsuit? Okay, cool. Yeah. So this video that uh, that I sent you, um, I actually found this on YouTube a while ago, put it in the old watch later. Didn't really have a reason to watch it until today. So thank you for, for that. <laughs> uh, Corridor Crew, it's called Lawyer Explains uh, the Stable Diffusion Lawsuit. So as you're saying with these, um, like the data sets, uh, the one that Stability AI and I believe Mid Journey uses as well uh, is the lion, uh, five B data set, which is basically just like 6 billion, <laughs> nearly 6 billion copyrighted illustrations, um, <laughs> that are just taken from the internet. Like, you know, what, whatever, uh, deviant art and all these different yeah. Instagram, all these different sites where people post their art. Right. Uh, without, you know, the, the artists are have no say in this. So I've created some digital art. It's probably in these data sets, right? I've done some of my own original content comics and blah, 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 very likely like something that I've created or even photos that you've taken could be considered part of these data sets. Right. So that's uh, there's actually two lawsuits now that I know of, and this is an evolving thing. By the time this podcast comes out, there will probably be more. Um, One of them is a class action lawsuit uh, in the District Court of California. So that would be like applying, obviously, like American copyright law. Uh, and the other one getty images is suing them in the uk uh specifically suing uh stability ai who makes uh stable stable diffusion or whatever um yeah so the whole thing will come down to you know this like uh is it is this actually transforming the art is this a new way of using like is this something different than just is it transforming yeah. Is it transformative or is it just like, I guess, uh, like a derivative of the original art? Um, yeah. And that's something to think about. And
1: I think there's also, there's also some, some questions. I, also with Lenza, which was the app that a lot of people were using to get like profile pics, like mm-hmm. AI created profile pics, their data set included um, photos of uh, medical, like medical photos of people. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Um, which is why the eyes in a lot of things didn't work really well. Um, because they were dead eyes. Um, wow. There's uh, there were like, other things that were included in their data set that were like the ethical questions that you're bringing up outside of just like copyright. Right. Or yeah. should you be using this? Like, should this image be able, should you be able to use this as part of your data set? Um, and there were kind of, there's a lot of like ethically gray areas but like what you're talking about there is and why these lawsuits are going to exist is like, yeah, I have a friend who's just so into mid journey and he just creates, he'll create movies like, like stills from a movie, like a different, like uh, he'll switch the time period in which it was shot and who directed it. Mm-hmm. Like he'll be like, what if Christopher Nolan directed uh, casino in the 1970s? And then you'll see like, it'll produce all of these different images and you just like the, the, the way that it, it, like it, there's nothing specific or star Wars. I think when you did it was star Wars directed by, uh, Wes Anderson and mm-hmm. it's like these, and it's, you're looking at going, Oh, that's funny. And then you go like, start going, wait, where are they getting these faces from? And one of the things is if you're doing any of these apps, and you're putting your image into it. That's pro- they're getting your face. Uh, your <laughs> face is becoming part of the data set. I hate to break it to you, um, but a lot of these things when we were talking about, hey, they're going to steal your soul uh, with your photo. Like they're starting to do it in a way. They're st- definitely stealing your appearance. You're you're using filters on TikTok. <laughs> like you, you, they're they're taking your image and throwing it into these data sets. Um, but it's this sort of like you're creating artwork in the style of somebody else it's not just the like you're just kind of like doink the level the the bar has Mm. been lowered so far for entry yeah it kind of makes me think of Jurassic Park yeah when when Jeff Goldblum's like you're standing on the shoulders of giants Mm. and you didn't think you, you only thought about like what you could do with it and not should you do it yeah. And there's just sort of this like, oh, we're just going to like open this up and everybody can use this. So now there's just like everybody, like I'm going to create, you know, right. This art, like where you see these artists, when you're talking about DV, the stuff that it just like stole from deviant art, basically like I was seeing all these things. I'm like, wait, I've seen this before. And I'm like going back to like deviant art and going like, this is like so-and-so style. This is like their, those very electro, electric, like ish looking like sci-fi yeah. images. And you're just like, oh, they just like yanked this guy's style right? and let people make their own stuff with it.
0: And like, you could always do that. You could always look up some shit on DeviantArt and rip it off. Right. Right. Like I could, I could see a photo that you took a a nice uh, wedding photo that I see on your Instagram. And then I'm shooting a wedding and I'm like, man, I'm going to recreate that shit. Casey did. Right. And anyone could always do that. It was always kind of a, maybe, you know, artistically in in terms of your artistic integrity maybe that was a wrong thing to do but like you're saying now the technology has made it so easy that i could rip off casey a a million times a day and just enter little prompts right yeah the style of yeah
1: right and it's just like you know there's one thing to be said like oh i'm gonna learn how to do something similar to what this person did Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like i'm gonna learn the skills Right. Yeah. To make something like this. I'm going to learn how to light this photo this way, or I'm going to learn the skills of how to draw this. Like now I don't have to be able to draw it all. No. Like I can just say like, Oh, I want to do this blah, blah, blah. In the style of Dolly. And all of a sudden I've got, you know, my own little Dolly painting. I'm like, Oh, I created a Dolly painting. No, you didn't. The computer created the Dolly painting. Like by looking at Dolly's images, like his his artwork. Um, And a lot of those things, like a lot of that, like the, this, also makes a question of things like the metropolitan museum of arts entire um, collection is in the public domain. Mm, okay. So it can go in there and like, I'm sure it goes into there and be like, blah, blah, blah. we're going to learn all of our like masters, like the, the, you know, the Dutch masters and all of those things. And then you can be able to create artwork in the style of, you know, these people. And, and it's, but you've, yeah, lowered the bar for creation of mm-hmm. quote unquote artwork so far that there's like almost very little work involved. And like people are, right. n- n- you've got, like I said, I, I have, I know people who like just do this all the time who are not artists. Yeah.
0: Well, I like how you took up that. So you can break that up, you know, the term artwork, you just said there's not very much work involved, right? Yeah. Is there very much art involved though?
1: Right. It's the art is on the other side where it's, being taken from it's the data set that's being taken from
0: uh maybe but i don't know like you could make the argument like this isn't necessarily what i believe but you could make the argument that the you know if it comes to oh what is art well what about (laughs) it's the the meaning the the intention right the kind of conversation between the the artist and the person who's seeing it you could say that someone who is assembling like ai art or creating those prompts is an artist because You could just as much as anybody else creating any type of image, you can put meaning into an image. You could say, oh, um, you know, my prompt is going to be I want a picture of uh, Colonel Sanders and Jesus. And they're in like (laughs) a knife fight with a bunch of chickens all watching, cheering it on. Right. right. And it's a (laughs) stupid, stupid example. But those are all um, symbols with meaning. And someone could look at that and and say, oh, well, this is a, a. this piece of artwork is a criticism of capitalism or it's a comment on uh, religion or animal rights, whatever the (laughs) hell you want to say. Right. That could be a piece of art that could provoke thought that could, right. So yeah. But then
1: you see like, I sent you that uh, petapixel article, Victorian people who never existed. So cool. They're so cool. It's really cool. And you're like, Oh man, this is amazing. Then you start to go like, Oh wait, uh, these people never existed. Like there's a, there's a start to think about like, how could this be used against people? Like in a sort of, um, propaganda ish sort of way is another thing where I'm like, Oh man, this kind of like, you could get people going like, well, this is what happened where there was the, there's ones that, that really boggled my mind. Were on another one of the links that I sent you. There was like 1970s New York city, like film grain, gritty blah 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 daytime whatever and you're seeing these shoots and i'm like this looks real like a historical yeah photo yeah this is scary this is like this is really frightening and um that that worries me in a, in a way like how are we going to be able to determine in the future because right now one of the things that it really can't do very well eyes and hands like it doesn't do hands, they don't do hands real well. Like if you will end up with like eight or nine fingers,
0: <laughs> or lobster claws, <laughs> it's, like,
1: it's, it's like everything everywhere all at once, like hot dog yeah. fingers f- <laughs> photos. Uh, so that's like always the thing that I look for first is I look for hands and eyes. It's like starting to, they're starting to do eyes better. Um, but they all, the, the eyes tend to like have a weird look to them.
0: Dead eyes, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And <laughs> there was, speaking of data sets, there, I don't know if you're on TikTok at all, but there was a, there was one that was going around like this free one on, on, uh, TikTok and everybody was going, oh, that's doesn't look, it doesn't look anything like me. Like it doesn't look anything like me. And I was like, I did it a few times. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't look, why doesn't it look like me? What's wrong here? And f- figuring out like I have blue eyes and none of them came out with blue eyes. And I was looking at the facial features. I'm like, oh, this was done in like India. Like the data set is very much South Asian, darker complexions because everybody looks a little darker. The hair is always dark. Everybody has brown eyes. Um, and I was just like, oh yeah, white people are doing this and going, this looks nothing like me because it doesn't look like white people and you're not part of the, data set for this mm. and so like there was a whole question about like oh how does that make you feel to be left out uh there's sort of a reverse thing here but also it teaches you like w- where you are not welcome and you are not part of the norm um but also it, it shows you it's very you know evidence of where is this coming from it's like where is the the source material that's being used and uh if it doesn't like you're you're not going to get the results that you quote unquote want yeah if you don't have the source material to work from that that matches up
0: yeah there's always like evidence of whatever in whatever you create with these type of tools there's evidence of that data set in it right like the original thing
1: yeah it's just sort of a i don't know like i think i think that what you were discussing about like people who like i have a lot more respect and i have seen a lot of this there are a lot of people i know there's that photographers i know who have taken like photos that they've shot like portraits and like, I'm going to use AI to like use this to like make this something different, make it a painting or make it like whatever. And they're using their own images as, as the source material and also like, you know, like creating really interesting stuff, like using their own artwork, their original content to create something new or to use it to inspire. What, what is my next thing going to be? Like I kind of have some words rolling around in my head and they're not using it commercially. They're not using whatever, like the AI, like when they're just like typing something in, I'm like, I want to do some blah, blah, blah. Like they want to look at something. They want to get a vision board for something to create. And I think that that's, you know, that's a great way of doing stuff. Um, When we get into the photorealistic, I think this is sort of the last part of this to cover for right now. When you get into, is this going to put photographers out of work? Mm. Like when you look at the stock photography stuff that they're able to do with this now, like a year ago, I would have been like, Oh, there's going to be some, like, if you're going to be able to tell, yeah. but there are like images now where I'm just, and you can be super specific. Like one of the ones that I sent you was uh, a turtle wearing a space helmet whatever. And it looks real. It looks like, like somebody brought in like an actual turtle, like put this thing together and I'm sure they spend some time on it, but it's like when they can use these tools to create exactly the photo they want Mm -hmm. and they don't have to pay anybody to do it and it looks real, that is going to, you know, change things, I think, especially when it comes to, uh, as the, as it gets better with people and there are already, um, 3d models of people like AI models yeah, that you can feed into some of these things and like get them to do, like put them in certain positions and things like that. It's going to change a lot of stuff, um, as far as, um, stock photography, product photography, um, the, unfortunately like i think that's gonna i and i've seen like i was initially skeptical of like what the output of this was going to be but uh mm-hmm. what's her name karen cheng uh she's real popular on instagram She creates like these crazy she's the one who like oh i'm at the san francisco i'm at the golden gate bridge and you can't use a drone here how do i make this drone shot and she's like using a <laughs> super Sw- swiffers <laughs> yeah like 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 it's really super long like pole or whatever. And then yeah. or was thinking about a fishing line, stuff like that. Yeah. she's like, she comes up with like these like really kind of ingenious, um, ways of creating stuff without actually using, um, what you would think to create it, uh, getting a crane shot without a crane. Um, but she worked on a cover, like a, a magazine cover that they created. And they were like, okay, we're going to create a magazine cover of an astronaut, on an alien planet you know doing like like i can't remember what the exactly the prompt was but like they work on it and like got it down and i was like when i saw the final image i was just like holy shit that looks like a photograph
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when you can do that without creating like having to go do sets getting yeah. models and uh props and whatever is this becomes so much more thing. Is this is going to uh, like budget is always a thing where they're like, Oh, we don't want to have to spend money on this. And if it looks real and they can get away with, you know, having a, like you've got your, whoever your creative director is and maybe a couple of computer artists who are able to like manage like this and get it into a place where it works. Yeah, I, I think that that becomes problematic for photographers in the future.
0: For sure, I think that's the story with every like every thing that evolves with technology. People are going to get put out of work, right? I mean, when cars got invented, that put a lot of horses out of work. Or <laughs> if if you want to take that to to you know all these horses that are really upset about it, um, you want to take that to to like art. A, a good example with like art itself when you know cgi came out like cgi animation toy story and that shit that put a lot of hand-drawn animators out of work as well i don't know how you can say okay well this is where we're gonna stop like we've technolo- like technology has progressed we've <laughs> used these tools to to tell our stories uh you know to convey information to convey how we feel about the world to relate to each other we're going to stop here because this is too much technology. Like I'm not comfortable with doing that, but I do get what you're saying. It will, it's definitely going to put some people out of work. It yeah, certainly it's, will.
1: It's going to change the landscape for sure. I'm not yeah. saying it's, I'm not saying it's not going to happen or we should like, we need to put the brakes on all of this immediately. I think the ethical questions need to be asked. Yeah. Like, where's the, where are we getting the data from? Like that needs to be more transparent Yeah, and yeah. people need to be compensated if they're, Artwork is being
0: well sold yeah, what, commercially. is <laughs> like, What about this? Like when we're talking about these, uh, you, you know, specifically like the AI generation, the the tools where you're generating images and they're using a data set. Well, what if the artist had to opt into that and then it got yes. tracked what stuff and they got paid? Yeah. That's a different conversation.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a useful conversation to have. I think that's definitely something that, that, that should be considered because if you're like looking at these, like I said, they were artists who had passed away who had been quite popular and now they're gone and they're like, Oh, we're going to like teach mid journey to create artwork in their style. Like the next day, like, and they're saying that like, this is the developers. This is not like people out there in the world creating like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of prompts. Yeah. In, in a matter of an hour, like the next day, like this is, this was not, queries from just users there's like there's, there was just the, the amount of, cause they have to publish, I think like w- certain amount of like how it's learning and like people were just like going through that and like finding these queries. I'm like, this seems like you're teaching it to do like this person's art because they mm-hmm. just died and you're looking to capitalize on the ability to recreate their artwork. That that I've got a problem with. For
0: sure. Yeah, there's going to be like a new, you know, there's going to be new laws that'll have to come out to deal with this stuff and just new, new like norms and new, uh, I don't know, new like forms of like artistic morality or whatever. Like you wouldn't just blatantly rip off someone's photos or you wouldn't blatantly rip off someone's art. And why would you do that through like using a different tool? All of a sudden it's okay. Like, yeah, people need to, I don't know. We're going to need to adjust like our thinking and stuff like that as the technology changes, I suppose.
1: Right. Yeah. It's going to be a real interesting Mm -hmm. conversation. (laughs) Do you have your own website? Are you tired of dealing with slow loading pages and poor support from your current web hosting company? Consider switching to SiteGround, the top rated web hosting company that provides 24 seven support and super fast hosting speeds. SiteGround's platform is built on the premium Google Cloud infrastructure, ensuring top reliability, security, and speed for your website. Their fast network and storage provide optimal site speed and a high level of redundancy, so you can trust that your website will be up and running smoothly at all times. With SiteGround's ultra-fast server setup, your pages will load 30% faster on average, giving your visitors a better user experience and improving your website's SEO. And with hosting starting from just $1.99 per month, it's affordable for any budget. Plus, if you're not completely satisfied, SiteGround offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't suffer with a terrible web hosting company any longer. Make the switch to SiteGround and experience top-level support, super-fast hosting, and a reliable, secure platform for your website. I spent years with a web hosting company that was absolutely terrible. My site was constantly getting hacked and support was nearly impossible to get a hold of. Since switching to SiteGround, all of those problems are in the past. Just visit nerdyphotographer.com/recommends/siteground or click the link in the episode notes to get started and begin enjoying faster, more reliable web hosting today. Hey 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 and now for my favorite part of the show. What's that say? Useless information. Ugh, this is always death. (laughs) So Jared, if if the sun exploded, it would take eight minutes for us to know that it happened.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. I
1: can around that. While the shockwave itself wouldn't hit us that fast, it would take eight minutes for us to see it because of the speed of light. Um, yeah. we we wouldn't know that it happened for eight minutes. How does that make you feel?
0: Uh, that makes me feel like I have a base level understanding of relativity, which <laughs> makes me feel like a, like a real clever person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I sort of find those sort of topics sort of putting us in our place cosmically. Yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you're a wonderful thing. You're amazing to, to be here living and conscious and knowing yeah. what's going on, but we're also just tiny, tiny little specks. But and,
0: how many YouTube videos would come out in that time that the sun actually hasn't exploded? It's a government conspiracy.
1: These <laughs> They'd be these, shorts. Yeah. <laughs> they, they'd be definitely be, <laughs> they'd shorts. be
0: shorts. They'd be reels on Instagram. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're, we're, no, no longer than 15 seconds. <laughs> Jared, thank you very much for coming on. And where can people find you?
0: Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. Uh, If you guys like my uh, opinions and my ideas and you want to hear me talk about photography for hours on end, (laughs) uh, I've got my own podcast, the uh, Photography Friends podcast. Uh, It's great. We uh, we have wonderful guests, even Casey's been on there before. So, yeah, you guys can find his episode.
1: And they can find you on the Instagram at. What is
0: well, of course, of course, they can find me on Instagram. <laughs> We're
1: creating reels.
0: Photo uh, underscore friends underscore pod. I've got a I've got a reel out right now where I'm actually doing a photography rap. Uh, is
1: the, that yours? I mean, that's, I mean, did you do that? Where did you get the source that's audio? All, that's just me rapping, man. That's Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna make ai gonna <laughs> I'm gonna use your audio. I'm gonna try to. Go and give you some viral, viral, viral audio.
0: <laughs> well, I need to get it on TikTok. I think that's really the key. So,
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, give me like, definitely. Are you on TikTok? Not
0: yet. No, no, no. OK,
1: well, get me the audio and we can get it on TikTok.
0: All right. We'll make it happen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you found this discussion on artificial intelligence and photography informative and thought provoking. Many thanks to Jared Poitier for coming on the show. Be sure to check the episode notes for Jared's links and give a listen to the photo friends podcast. Also, like I said before, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this show, the Nerdy photographer podcast and leave us a review on Apple podcasts or pretty much anywhere. You can leave a review for a podcast, but Apple podcasts really helps us the most because it helps us reach new listeners. You can also follow along on social media at the Nerdy Photo on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's at the Nerdy Photo. Lots of fun stuff always happening on the socials. You can also find other totally free ways to help support the podcast in the episode notes. JCN, I have to say, first, I am very impressed with the fully functioning robotic arms and hands that you built for yourself since the opening, and second, this is some of the best guacamole I've ever eaten. The The hard part is perfectly, perfectly right avocados. Yeah, trust me, I know that is a difficult search. Until next time, everybody, stay safe and stay nerdy.
0: Who's that coming back to
1: town? You better start listening. Who's your heart been beating about? You better, you better, you better, you better listen. Do you enjoy listening to your entertainment? Why am I asking? You're doing it right now. You must. With Audible, you can enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one place. From bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, mysteries and thrillers, motivation, wellness, business, and more. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre. But that's not all. Audible also offers exclusive Audible originals from top celebrities, renowned experts, and exciting new voices in audio. Plus thousands of podcasts from popular favorites to exclusive new series. And with the Audible app, it's easy to listen anytime, anywhere. Whether you're out taking photographs of landscapes, editing pictures in your studio, or going on intergalactic adventures with the Nerdy Photo Crew, you can listen to your favorite audiobooks and podcasts wherever you want. Right now, I'm going through Frank Herbert's Dune Saga once again. The world of these books is so rich and deep with history, I come back over and over and over. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. So what are you waiting for? Go to audibletrial.com slash nerdyphoto and sign up for Audible today and discover your next favorite listen. That's audibletrial.com slash nerdyphoto.